Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Can we give it up for Jesus right now? Can you guys make a big old shout for Jesus? It's awesome to be in the house of God on Wednesday. Look at all you good-looking people. It's raining, and you guys still made it into the house of God. You know God is moving, amen? It's a packed house. Tell your neighbor you came to the right place. Amen, amen. Well, um, we are in a sermon series. Oh, you guys can take a seat. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to let you guys stand up for a couple minutes. Uh, praise God. But we're in a sermon series called Searching for God. Um, and I just have an introduction before I get into prayer. It says, we live in, in the information age, the age of the internet. We have access to information like no generation before us. Our relationship with information is ceaseless. You don't have to pull out a dictionary or an encyclopedia or even go to the library to research for answers or questions that we may have. Today, it's as simple as pulling out your smartphone and searching online any questions that you have and getting the answer. And just to give you some statistics, there's approximately 63,000 Google searches a second that turns into about 5.6 billion Google searches per day. It makes you wonder what's on people's minds, what questions they might be searching for, especially in regards to faith. Here are a few of the uh, top searches that I found um, in regards to faith. Some of the top questions were, what is the Bible? Who is Jesus? What is the church? Who is God? What is heaven? And what is a Christian? And I do want to tend towards a little bit on what is a Christian today, just a little portion of that. But how many uh, Christians are here tonight? Amen. If we could just take a glance at these simple questions that pop up through the Google search, you can see that there's an outcry of people wanting to understand who God is, wanting to understand his love, and wanting to understand God's goodness. So before I get started, I just want to go ahead and pray. So Lord, I just thank you for this night. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that you're giving me just to minister your word. I pray, Jesus, that you use me in a powerful way, Lord, to minister to your people, God. I pray you remove every distraction, Lord. I pray, God, that you open up every heart, Lord Jesus. And I just pray for your Holy Spirit just to flow in this place. We just want to give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Daisy. So um, I, I do want to share a story. It's a story we probably all heard before. But on January 8th, 2009... There was the BCS National Championship football game played between the Florida Gators and the top-ranked Oklahoma Sooners. The Florida Gators defeated the Sooners to a 24-14 victory and led the Gators to their second national championship in three seasons. But what's so great about this story is their quarterback was Tim Tebow. He, was, uh, he decided to write John 360 in his eye black beneath his eyes during the game. And it was later noted that on that very day, during that game, or after that game, he was on stage holding up his trophy. It was said that 94 million people Googled John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And I wanna, I wanna stop right there because this was a little act of obedience that Tim Tebow had. Uh, what I mean by there is during the season, during the regular season, um, under his black, black paint under his eyes, he had Philippians 4.13 written. And a few days before the national championship game, he heard God speak to him to use John 3.16. He actually went to his coach to get permission. His coach was very superstitious. 
And he says, we can't make any changes. We've been winning all, all year with Philippians 4.13. Let's stick to Philippians 4.13. <laughs> but he ended up allowing him to change it to John, uh, John 3.16. And Tim Tebow didn't know how far it was going to go or how big it was going to make or how big it was going to uh, get spread. But think about this. 94 million people researched that scripture and they read that and that seed was planted Talk about the, the platform that this man had and the obedience of listening to God by changing that scripture and allowing God to move. He never realized how big God can move in that certain situation. He actually said that he had tunnel vision and that he even forgot that the scripture was written during the game. But at the end of the game, he realized that it made a big impact in people's lives. And it's fascinating uh, to hear about this story uh, where so many people Googled the verse of that day, but it even gets more fascinating three years later to that exact date. But for the sake of time, I can't get into that. But if you research it, it'll be a blessing to you, amen? But, but what I do want to get into, what really stands out to me, is I think about all the people in the world and all the people in the United States that really don't know the gospel, that, that re they really had to Google John 3.16. That is a Sunday school sermon that most of us remember from when we're age five or six years old. And to think about the amount of people that are looking up that scripture to find out what it meant, it's astonishing to me. And, and when I, when I want to talk to you about what is a Christian, I want to talk about the evangelistic side, amen? Because I believe all of us are called to, be, uh, to evangelize, amen? If you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, if you call yourself a disciple of God, you have a mandate on your life to tell people of what God done in your life. We can't leave it to uh, evangelist John Tahaji to do it all for us, amen? We have to be uh, obedient and willing to tell people what God has done in our life. So, um, um, but... What I can say in, is, is when we, uh, what stands out to me the most was that fact that there are so many people out there in the world that really don't know who God is. So in Matthew 28, 18, it says this, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So if you're a Christian today and you don't believe you need to evangelize, I'm telling you, you do, okay? If you still don't believe me, you can Google it. In fact, I Googled it for you. It says right here, I Googled, I Googled this. If I'm a Christian, do I have to evangelize? And this is what popped up. Who then is responsible for evangelism? We are. Can you guys say that? Say we are. The teaching of the scriptures and the lessons of history indicate that every member of the church had a part to play in the overall responsibility of bringing men and women to Christ. So I also Googled what is keeping people uh, from sharing the gospel? What is keeping Christians from sharing their faith in Christ? Well, I went ahead and Googled that too. And a lot of things that came up, uh, the, the main three things I want to talk about is the fear that keeps people from sharing, uh, from getting rejected, and they don't feel uh, equipped to share the gospel. So first, I want to go into the fear. Just remember, when you are a born-again Christian, Christ is for you. He's not against you. Amen? He is there to help you. He is there to encourage you. And he is there to give you a light. And when that time comes for you to share the gospel, he will move through you. The Holy Spirit will move through you and give you the exact words to say. Amen? So we can't live in fear. and We can't let the enemy lie to us like we're not going to have an impact. Amen? So remember, God has given each and every one of us a platform. And everybody around us is waiting for us to reach out to them. I think about the 94 million people, and I just think about the people around us. 
Like, who really needs to hear the gospel? We can't leave it up to the church. We can't leave it up to other people. Well, they may have it. Well, they're a leader. They can tell it. No, there's people that are directly connected to you that God, that Jesus Christ wants you to minister to. Amen? So in Isaiah 41.10, it says this, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And 2 Timothy 1.7, it says this, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in the suffering of the gospel by the power of God. Amen? So what I just want you to know is be encouraged. Be a light, amen? There's a lot of people that are struggling. There's a lot of people that are walking around that are depressed and suffer from anxiety. You don't know what they may be going through. We all know how to put on masks and make it look like we're okay. But I'm telling you, there's an outcry of people right there waiting for you to tell them about Jesus and what he did in your life. Think about the shyness of people where they would rather look to Google to get their answers on who God is. When we have the answer, amen, we've had a personal experience with Jesus Christ and we know the Bible, so we should be willing to share it to others and not allowing a computer system like Google to tell them uh, who their God is, amen? So I just wanna encourage you that we need to step out in faith and trust in the Lord that God wants to use us, amen? Do you guys believe that tonight? The second thing that keeps me away is the fear of rejection. And I want to share a story in the Bible in John chapter 9. And it's a story of Jesus healing a born man that was blind. He healed him. And um, I'm going to read right here in, in verse 1. As he passed by, he saw a man, a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned that this man, uh, who sinned that this man or his parents uh, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or, or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed. We, may work, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, night, while it is day, night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with mud and he said to him, go wash in the pool uh, of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and he washed and he, he, he was able to come back and he was able to see. Uh, what a powerful miracle. But I want to let you guys know there is something powerful in your testimony. The things that God has healed us from. Maybe it was a disease or a sickness. Maybe God broke some chains that we were bound and addicted to alcohol or drugs. I want to let you know, could it be that God wanted to heal you so someone else can see it? Could it be that God wanted to, to, to use you as a display to others so he can see if I can do it in you, that I can do it in them? He says right here, it was not that this man sinned or his parents sinned, but that it was the works of God and that they might be displayed. So I want to let you know, God wants you to, uh, to display the works that he's done in your life so we can't be afraid and we can't hold back what God has done. You see, right here, everyone was in disbelief. Uh, um, all the, 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 the Jewish leaders and the elders and the people from the community, they couldn't believe that this man um, who was blind is now able to see. Uh, so they start questioning um, Jesus and they start questioning this man. And in verse 18, it says, it says this, the Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight. 
The parents did testify that this was their son and he was born blind, but because of fear of the Jews, they said to ask their son how he had received sight. You see, listen, there's going to be times where people aren't going to believe. Our job isn't to change people's lives. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to change them, amen? We're just supposed to be good stewards. We're supposed to trust in the Lord and do what he tells us to do. And we spread the gospel. Remember, Paul says one plants, one waters, but ultimately it's God that brings the increase, amen? So we're just encouraged to continue to share the gospel. Yes, we are going to get rejected. Jesus says, if they rejected me, they're going to reject you, amen? So we got to understand that that's going to happen. We can't let that um, 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 make us not share our gospel, but it has to continue. We have to continue pushing forward to be able to share the gospel, amen? And in verse 24, it says this. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? And, and how did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, but you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Just think about the, 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 the courage this man had. He knew that the, the Pharisees and the Jewish leaders uh, were looking for anything to arrest Jesus because he healed this man on the Sabbath, but he stood firm in who he was. He said, I was blind, but now I see, amen. Can anybody testify to that today, that they were once blind, but now that they can see that God has removed the, the, the scales off their eyes, and now they're able to see clearly on how good God is, amen. So I just want to encourage you, no matter what, if we get rejected, this man made a stand. And what happened in this community is that there was a division. All the elders, a lot of the elders didn't like it, but others started to believe. They couldn't take away his testimony. They couldn't tell this man that he was lying because it happened to him. He had a personal experience with God and no one could take that away from him. And that's what happens when you share your testimony. You have your personal experience and no one can tell you that you're lying about that experience. So it gives you power when you share it and people can see the sincerity when you share it, amen? And then number three was fear of feeling equipped to share. How many get uh, fearful when they have to share the word, amen? On a Wednesday night, praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, whenever you feel uh, um, fear or inadequate, just know that the Holy Spirit moved through you, amen? And just know that you have a personal testimony to share. A testimony is one of the most compelling ways to share our faith in Jesus. The word testimony means sharing something we've experienced firsthand. We are giving evidence of an event that occurred in our lives. Sharing our story is powerful and it's not debatable. Amen? And they will be able to recognize the transformation that occurred inside you. So when you have a powerful testimony, when you have a testimony in general, it's going to move through you and no one can take that away from you. So remember what God has done in your life and don't forget and don't uh, be afraid to share it. Because when you feel inadequate to share the experience that you had, you can share that one day I was here at the altars, I was worshiping God and I just felt the shackles leave. I, I felt the shackles break. I, I, I was set free just by worshiping God. I heard a word when I came in to reach Paramount and it changed my life forever. That's a testimony that you can share. Amen. And then what are you going to do after that? You're going to tell them, well, come and see. Amen. And let's see if God can do it to you as well. So um, in this circumstance, sharing a testimony, I'm going to read in John uh, John 4, and it's the story of Jesus and the, and, and the woman of Samaria. We're all familiar with this story. It's Jesus walking through uh, um, um, 
uh, Samaria, when, when he gets thirsty and he sits at a well, and we know that there's a woman at the well, um, and he asks this woman to give her a drink of water. And we know the story. She answers him, and she says, who are you, a Jew, to ask me, a Samaritan, for a drink of water? And Jesus replied, if you only knew who it is that's asking you for water, I would have given you living water. And, and what's so good about this is they have this conversation and Jesus points out some things in her life. Uh, he asked, you know, why don't you call your husband over here? And she says, I don't have one. He replied, that's correct. You have five husbands. And then she, she was like blown away. Like, how did you know that? Everybody knew that? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But... Um, she marveled because she knew so much about him, amen? And in verse 21, it says this, Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain or in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You will worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, and the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, he who is, who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. And in verse 27, it goes on to say this. Jesus then, um, it goes on to say this. Just then the disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with the woman. But no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking to her? So the woman left her, the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were, co- and were coming to him. And I, I like this part here. It says, meanwhile, the disciples were urging him saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you, don't, that you do not know about. Some of the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is not to do the will of him. Uh, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months? Then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white of harvest. Already no one, um, they're already The one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. So the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here, the saying holds true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their their labor. So we see that this woman uh, had an encounter with Jesus. And right away, she runs into the town. And she tells everybody uh, in that town to come and see that she just had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And these men start coming over to him. and, And what I like about this is this woman no longer was afraid to go into the town, into the community. You see, uh, the woman had to go into the well at a certain hour because of her lifestyle or how she lived because of her past. So she was kind of like an outcast, if you could say. So by her going to the well, she always had to go alone and she had to go at a very hot hour where most of the women during the, uh, during the morning, they would go and they'll get their jugs of water. But this woman had to travel alone and, at not, um, and, and during the day where no one was around in the hot sun. So this woman was an outcast, but we see... The moment that she had an encounter with Jesus, all that stuff left her, and she went running straight to the town, and she told everybody there what had, had, what had happened. She had an encounter with the Lord, and, and, and told, uh, she told everybody in that community that, that, she, that this man knew everything about me, and they all wanted to come and see. 
And, and I like the saying here because, you know, the, the disciples came and they said, Lord, have you ate yet? And, and right away he says, my food is to do the will of the Father. And, and, and right now, what, what I like about this scripture is, and, and talking about evangelism, um, next week we're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving, and a lot of us have food on our mind, amen? A lot of us have turkey, Thanksgiving, we got the ham, we got the stuffing, and everything on our mind. But we can use this as an opportunity to evangelize to our friends and family members on what, what God has done in our life. Listen, I was talking earlier how a lot of people put on masks and how you know, they, they have a good smile on their face, but you don't know what's going on inside of them. You see, they can be hurting, they can be depressed, they can be suffering from anxiety, they could be lonely, whatever the case is, you have the answer of hope to them that can help them get better. And, and Jesus tells them this, I'm not worried about food right now. If you look up and open your eyes, and I can just imagine a crowd of the community just coming to hear Jesus and telling his disciples, look, there are the people right there. And he's trying to show them that there was others here that have been ministering and laboring and planting seed. But because I am showing you everything, you're going to go into certain towns and certain communities and you're not going to labor as much. And the communities are going to come to you because the Holy Spirit is with you and you're not going to work as hard. But if you just have a little faith and know that you can change a community, you can change a family, you can change a friend just by sharing your testimony. Amen. And I want to encourage you, let's not focus so much on the food, but let's focus on the family and friends, those that don't have salvation, those that don't know Jesus, because again, you may not know what, what, they, be, what they might be going through, and this is a perfect opportunity to share what God has done in your life, amen? In verse 39, it says, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did, so when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with him. And, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed, but because of this word, they said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard from ourselves, and we know that this indeed is the savior of the world. Now think about that. It was a Samaritan town. These aren't even Jewish people. They're coming to hear Jesus, and, and, and they're not Jewish, and they're believing that Jesus is the, the Messiah, he's the son of God, and he's the savior of the world, Amen. So just think about what you can do. Even the person that you think that may not receive the gospel, the, the one that's outcasted, the one that's far away, uh, the one that you know has a problem drinking, maybe he's waiting for you to reach out to him to tell him who God is. And maybe he's looking for a change. Maybe he's sick and tired of being sick and tired. And all you have to do is share a testimony and tell him what God has done in your life. And Revelation twelve eleven says this, and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by the very words of their testimony. And I want to encourage you today. Your testimony is powerful. What God has done in your life is amazing. You are a miracle. You are a light of the world. And God can use you no matter how big or small your testimony is. See, every time someone shares a testimony, they are bringing defeat to the enemy. You see, when you share your testimony, testimony, no one can deny what God did, no matter how hard they try. In this story, I see not only Jewish leaders starting to believe, but also an entire community of witnesses starting to believe. And, and I wanted to talk about Thanksgiving and, and just letting you guys know, like, we got to really take it um, take the opportunity to share the gospel. And, and the reason why I wanted to bring this up is um, somebody very close to me last year, uh, she was only 35, 36 years old. Um, she passed away um, on Thanksgiving Day. And um, uh, it's heartbreaking. Um, my sister, and, and I didn't know that she was dealing with depression. I didn't know that she was um, dealing with, with anxiety and stress. And I didn't know that she was running to the bottle to kind of uh, 
swim in her sorrows and, 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 and try to hide all of, all of the things that she was dealing with. And yeah, sometimes I do feel guilty, like was there much more that I can do? But I know uh, if she really wanted to change, she knew where I was at. And I did call her and I, I did reach out to her. Um, but um, there, was, there was nothing I can do and it was the time that God decided to take her home. But I think about that and I think about all the family that we come into contact with. You know, I, I think about my sister and because she was so young, you know, I didn't really think there was anything wrong. I really didn't think that, that you know, she was even going through much. You know, I thought, yeah, she drank a little bit, but I didn't know how heavy it was. And, and with my sister, she was hiding her drinking and she was drinking very heavily. And um, she, she was hiding bottles and empty bottles. Um, long story short, she, was, um, she had a problem and that problem caught up to her. And, and I do remember, um, you know, uh, reaching out to her and sharing the gospel with her. And, and I believe she received Jesus in her heart, amen. But, but I'm gonna miss her this coming Thanksgiving. And I'm gonna be reminded of just those times that I need to witness more, that I need to share the gospel more. Because our family members may be here today, but they can be gone tomorrow. And, and this is an opportunity that we can share the gospel to spread hope. See, I talked about um, Tim Tebow having a platform and, 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 and being able to use that platform by, by trusting in the Lord and the voice that God gave him. And we all have a platform. We all have family members. We all have friends that we can reach out to. If we can just be obedient in who God called us to be, if we can just be obedient in sharing our testimony and sharing a word, I believe lives can be changed and transformed. I believe God can do breakthroughs in our brothers and sisters and our, our aunts and uncles and, and everyone who, who, who basically is just caught up in the world. I believe God can use our testimony to touch their lives if we just believe and if we stand up and make a stand and trust that the Lord can use us, then I believe God is going to move in a mighty way. Amen. So I, I just, I just felt the need to share that. Um, because I also Googled a little bit about, uh, depression. Um, 280 million people worldwide suffer from depression, uh, through the Google search that I looked up earlier today. <clears throat> 29% of Americans, adult Americans, um, say that they at one point suffered from depression um, in their life. 31% of Americans today suffer from some type of anxiety. You see, we do not know what the next person may be going through. We don't know if they're, if they're just trying to hide, you know, um, what's going on internally. But I do know that there are people that need to hear the gospel. That there are people that need to hear this hope. And I like what Pastor Omar said last week. He says, I'm a hope dealer. I tell people about Jesus. And I tell people that God can, can heal you. God can take away the depression. He can take away uh, the anxiety, the stress. And he can move in your life. And um, I wanted to end with this in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. It says this. It says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And, and I just want to encourage every single one of you guys here, if you are suffering from depression or mental health or anxiety or stress, I want to let you know God is the answer. Jesus is the answer to take away the stress. He is the answer to take away the burden, the hurt. He's the answer to, to turn your life around and to heal your thoughts in your mind and to heal the anxiety that you go through every single day. See, it's easy to hide what goes on internally. You know, we can always come in with a smile. We can always feel like everything's okay. But God is ready to do heart surgery in people today. God wants to move in your life and God wants to take away that hurt. He wants to take away that pain and he wants to give you the strength that you need to be able to get through. You see, 
even the holidays are coming up and Thanksgiving's coming up. And like I said, the things about my sister, um, this year we're not gonna, or she's not gonna be there. And I know there's a lot of people who have lost loved ones um, and, and you're gonna have an empty seat uh, during this Thanksgiving. And you know, some sadness may come, but I wanna let you know that Jesus is there to strengthen you during those times. He's there to heal you during those times. So I just uh, would like the worship team if they can come up. And um, if we all can just go ahead and bow our heads and, and just ask God. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.